In a land far away, once upon a time, Brendan, Vicky B, partners in crime. We danced through life like, like a couple of gays. But as time went by, we went our separate ways. Now we're back together, talking about whatever. Talking about the music that, that we, we love forever. Hooking you up like a telephone jack. Everybody listen up, we're getting back on track. Hey everybody, welcome back to Back on Track. Hey Vicky. Hey Brandon, what's going on? Oh, I'm just having a great day. <laughs> it's a fierce day. I've decided that this show is sort of like our consignment store of musical stylings with a queer eye, where we could pick the pieces and you will always go home happy. How do you like that? That's It's another mouthful for I, Vicky. I think a lot about it during the week in order to come at you with something fierce. You're, pre- you're prepped. <laughs> I'm prepped. I'm really excited today. We have a really super special, awesome episode. Me too. Who do we have here? We're talking about Britney Spears. We're really, yeah, she's been she's been a gigantic piece of our pop culture upbringing. For almost 20 years, yeah. can you believe that? And she's, 20 years, and she's become a huge LGBT icon, right? I mean, she's I guess. huge. Well, there's a lot of queer people that are really into her. I know, right? I, I, but I, I think it's very controversial. Very controversial. We're going to get into all that, but we've got an extra special guest with us here today. Who do we have? Let me kick a little intro, all right? Okay. You might recognize him from Mass Appeal on NBC22, The Road Show, and CT Style. He's been featured in the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald, and the Improper Bostonian, named Social Media Star 2016 by Boston Spirit Magazine, New England's premier every guy style expert, and an encyclopedia of Britney Spears' facts and fandom. Please welcome our longtime friend, Matthew Simcoe. That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said about me. <laughs> welcome, it's all Matt. True. Thank Hi. you so much. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Uh, so I'm a men's style expert. Uh, I do some lifestyle work as well blogging, social media, and television, too. Work. Yeah, I've watched your clips. They're amazing. Hilarious. You, you bring you. in all different kinds of new trends, new new styles, uh, clothing, uh, especially geared toward sometimes plus-size men, the Absolutely. real everyman. Yeah, you know, to me it doesn't matter uh, what you look like as long as you feel good. And living your best life doesn't have to be expensive or fancy or difficult. It just has to be the best version of you you can be. That's I so love fierce. that. That's so fierce. What's been the most fun segment you've gotten to do recently? Uh, I do a segment that are seven styles hacks that I just released with Xfinity On Demand, um, and that's a lot of fun because it's things you have at home that you can put together, like uh, how to, you know, and if you don't have a pocket square, you put a, uh, a note card in there. So it looks like <laughs> it looks like you got a pocket square, but you're like, crap, I gotta run to Staples and buy something. So, uh, that's that's a really fun segment. Oh, I love that. That's, yeah, that's awesome. super fun. So you've been a huge Britney Spears fan for as long as I've known you. Yes. Explain and, your connection. Uh, so, it's actually funny, the first time I ever heard Britney Spears I was very unimpressed. And then and as it went on, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I started to take notice. And then I clearly remember the moment where I was like, this is it. Like, she is everything to me. <laughs> and literally 20, probably 20 years later. And what was the moment? What was the, the moment? The moment was the 1999 Teen Choice Awards. Okay. And she started singing sometimes, almost a cappella, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of bum notes in there. But that's part mm-hmm. of the fun yeah, of Britney. Yeah. And she got to the end of the stage and they did like a blast of air on her and she pulled her jacket off and like popped it one time. I have goosebumps. And And I was like, oh my God. And I knew I wasn't like physically attracted to her. (laughs) I knew that I was like, I wanted to be her more than anything. Totally. Like Like the fierceness of it all just like got me. Matt, that is so funny. I feel like I remember that moment I'm right there with you. It was right after the <laughs> boob job, too. Her boobs were huge. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first really cool re- memory that I had of Britney was when sh- they did the dual performance with Sync, where they did that You Drive Me Crazy. I think it was You Drive Me Crazy. No. What, what was it? It was Baby One More Time. It was Baby One More Time. Sure was. They did all, VMA. They yes. did all those rhythmic breakdowns. Yeah, all yeah. of that. And I was like, this is cool. I, yeah. And, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I Because at first, when she first came out, she blew up number one everywhere. Yeah. Um, straight out of the... And, I, and I was, I'm always like a little scared skeptical to jump on the train for whatever the hot thing is. Sure. But once I saw that, I was like, oh, this is legit. She's like a really good dancer. So this is something funny, I think, about the Britney mythology. I've always had a question mark around, um, I don't think this will be on our list, so I'm just going to bring it up anyway. But Baby One More Time, her big debut. Mm Mm-hmm. 
there's this mythology about the video and how like they were going to the label was going to do an animated or like a CG turntable idea, but Britney is the one who said no, it's going to be a Catholic schoolgirl, and that was supposed to be like you know she's an artist, she's a thinker, she's got ideas, <laughs> and I've always just wondered like it just reminds me of like that Madonna press kit from way back when that was like completely ridiculous about moving to New York with a dollar in her pocket, and <laughs> you know I just feel like how I don't know I've always I've always had a little bit of a question mark. What, about do that you know story. anything? Or do you know if that was her idea or not? I know that was always what it, what it said is that they had some like crazy idea of like an alien invasion or something for that video, uh. which they kind of played on Oops for the next album. Okay, right? yeah, I think they pulled it back a little bit. But she had this thing about tying her shirt up, right? That's what she wanted to do, and I assume that it went from there. Someone was like, oh, like a well, good you know. Louisiana girl. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't know. It. I mean, she's she's a hick through and through. Like she didn't know any better at sixteen years old. So I, I think she might have mentioned that, and someone said, you know, like a Catholic schoolgirl. And I think Pat. that might have well, I think happened. the irony of the whole, I don't know if it's irony, but the, the, the serendipity of the whole situation is it really sort of like solidified what her thing was going to be throughout our entire time knowing her as this sort of like coquettish, like innocence versus raw sexuality and her sort of like Judeo-Christian, like sort of it's a sin to do it, but she, but you know, you want it from her. Like she plays off of that her entire career now. Totally. And, and she, the first, right out of the gates, that's exactly the, the, the silhouette that she gave us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, and I would argue, I would, I would imagine it's, it's, it's a, it's a group project. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it is. Like, we see what happens when she goes on her own, and it's absolutely terrible. Totally. And, and we'll get there. We've yeah, got that track we, we here, do. darling. We do. So you being our guest, I'd like to invite you to kick us off. Do you have an ultimate all-time favorite Britney Spears track? My all-time favorite Britney Spears track is Stronger. Now favorite Britney song accompany you with my favorite Britney video. Yeah, Stronger is, that was huge. That's when I really started liking her, is when that video came out. Totally. That was, it was everything. It felt different from, you know, the sort of Baby One More Time original album kind of feel. And then even you mentioned the Oops video before. That was also very colorful and over the top and Stronger felt like it came out. And really it was the visual, I think, almost more than the song itself. That visual, um, I, I don't know, really transformed everyone's She started to look idea. a little bit more grown up. And, and again, like I heard that she came up with three ideas that she kicked to the video director. Joseph Kahn was the video director. Uh, she wanted to break up with her boyfriend. She wanted to drive fast in a fierce car, and she wanted to dance in the, the chair. chair. Right. I have to tell you, I <laughs> saw that quote too, and I thought I started dying laughing in my apartment. I was like, "That is amazing." That was a big trend. Remember, like a chair dance was a thing, mm-hmm. and every boy band, every like female solo star at the time, every live performance, there was a chair involved. I mean, she did it in the crazy video too. Mm-hmm. There was oh, yeah. always a chair. But wait, can I just read the quote? This is the quote oh, that was that, that is, that's attributed to her around the video. <laughs> Spears herself by saying. I'd like to dance in a chair, drive in a car, and break up with my boyfriend. Those are your three elements. So, <laughs> taking control. Oh God, taking She's stronger. <laughs> well, it's really I funny. just love that. Those are your three elements. <laughs> and go. Yeah. Well, it's really funny as a dancer, and from Brendan and the Mind perspective, is it, it gets to be like a meme, like a joke in the competition dance community. There's always like the chair dance. Mm-hmm. And it's always really funny because when they come out at the beginning of the number, they drag the chair on stage. They do maybe like 15 seconds of dance with the chair, and then they walk away from it and never really walk back to it again. But what I thought was really cool about this video is that her chair was almost a voodoo doll in one place, mm-hmm. yeah. like where she she kicks it to the side and a girl falls out of it, or like it's spinning around and it's like without you know the laws of physics. And I thought, wow, at least if you're going to do a freaking chair dance, like they took it to a, a new a level, freaking chair dance, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was inspired by Janet's Pleasure Principle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. There's a lot of Janet inspiration mm-hmm. that we're going to get. Brittany always to. says she pulls from Janet. Janet mm-hmm. and Madonna are her two girls. In uh, the stronger video, I know you know this story for me. As I stayed after school for months learning how to do dance on a chair mm-hmm. because. Of that video and jumping and to walk off of it. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, it's amazing. Without, without falling. I had the so. blue Fisher Price chair, and I would like listen to Janet Jackson and do the thing where you run on it and then tip it over. Yeah. What's you the know? blue Fisher Price there was, chair? You know, like the, that you get every single five year old, like when oh. you, you know, you've got But a you were not five. Plastic. 
Um, well, I don't know when Pleasure <laughs> Principle came out. No, let's get oh, real. Oh, Pleasure Principle. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. you were saying for oh, Britney. Oh, no, like, like, girl, you were. Out of it. And now <laughs> looking at it. No, I was concentrating when I, when I, when I was at the age where, that I was where this video came out, I was just starting to get into drag and I was like, wow, she's doing this whole thing in like sneakers. Mm-hmm. She like had like black tights with like um, studs and appliques on the bottom with like flats, but it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And she really kind of like... She really helped solidify and create that look of like dance glam wear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She still does it. You know, Britney's not dancing in heels in Vegas. She's never on her tours. She's got those platforms. They're platforms. Well, that's for everyone's safety. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly her own. (laughs) And the dancers around her. So, Brendan, do you have a do you have a favorite track that you want to start off with? Yeah, I want to start off, you know, similar to what Matt was saying about the moment that sort of, you know, you really became a fan. Um, And this was early on, but for me, um, right off the bat, uh, I want to talk about Sometimes. Sometimes I run. It's so sweet. There was something so aggressive about, like, the hit me baby one more time, and that's how we sort of saw her. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she was, you know, on the pier and the mm-hmm. crop top. <laughs> and, like, the crop top is really what did it for me, the white crop top. And it was sort of the era that, of crop tops. Yeah. Um, I felt like she, you know, captured uh, that style mm-hmm. moment. And, it was and long sleeve, too, wasn't it? No, I, it was no. cap sleeve. Was it long sleeve? I, I think Shoot. it was a cap sleeve. Long pants. It definitely oh, right. had yes. shoulder coverage. Yeah. Everything was white in that video, yeah. though. Yeah. Including most of the dancers. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, not exactly um, an example of diversity, but a really sweet song. I also like that it has this, um, the notes have this, uh, the flourish where it feels so positive and sort of loving, but it's kind of a bitchy song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you're going to have to basically deal with all of the crap that I put you right. through. Yeah. Like, like, I'm like, I'm kind of an time. asshole. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm going to do this. Sometimes I'm going to do that. <laughs> Deal with it. But my dancers are going to make a heart for you, so it's exactly. going to make it all better. Exactly. I know. So that's what I kind of loved about it. It was a little bit of a wink, and I and I I love that. And I I think we see it a lot in the career of like the sexy Britney, and then the next video we see the sweet Britney and the yeah. back and forth. Um, but I can remember clearly watching TRL when this video came out, and there's a scene where she's sitting with her dancers in front of a car that's parked, and one of the girls reaches over and scratches her crotch. Yeah, and her handbag. And there was Carson <laughs> Daly pointing it out to like all these tweens on TRL. I saw comments about that in the video underneath. Yep. They're like, "Remember that girl that scratched her crotch?" Yep. I was like, "Wow!" I never caught that. Oh, it's yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is um, when you talk about the melody. This is an another one of those Swedish oh, yeah. um, Swedish melodies that we, we talk a lot about on, the, on this show. We have a great admiration for artists uh, you know, like, like well, Max in, Martin. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this isn't a Max Martin, no. actually. It's written by Jorgen Elofsson and produced by Per Magnusson, David Kruger, and Jorgen Elofsson. I'm really impressed, so, Vic. That was good. I, yeah, usually <laughs> I massacre Did you it. study that? No, not no. at all. Have we heard from these producers since? Not, I don't think these guys. This it team. doesn't mean that they I think maybe Jorgen did, well, I don't know, yeah. recently but right. I think he did a bunch of work with her, I think. I don't have a lot of info. I, Max Martin was really like the of sort of like the pairing from heaven yeah. for her. Yeah. And then, of course, as we got you know more towards today, it became a lot of the Max Martin, Dr. Luke stuff. Yeah. And then, and then Blood, Shine, Yvonne. Ugh, yeah. Almost exactly. Best, probably the best era. Yeah, you know, maybe I could drop Well, a, hold on real quick, though, yeah. before, we, before we move on. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say in researching for this episode, um, I didn't realize that her initial vision for her music career was a Cheryl Crow sound. Oh. Isn't that fascinating? Well, you can hear it on the first album. You can sort of hear the takes that were originally supposed to be in that vein, and then you can hear the takes that ended up being the Britney that we know today. So if you hear, like, Baby One More Time, that's sort of like the, you know, the Britney we know today. But then if you go, you know, further down the album, uh, you can definitely hear... Those deep hear cuts. Those deep album. cuts, yeah. Is this that, like, is a good opportunity for a segue, actually, right oh. here, because the song that I want to talk about that Matt has, has told me has a little bit of a singer-songwriter vibe at the beginning of it, the version we like, and that song is Born to Make You Happy. <laughs> I 
love this song and you're totally right. Yeah. Like, uh, so the European version, it comes as a bonus remix on a lot of the new singles compilations for her. It starts off with the guitar and then it breaks up, breaks into the sort of 2000s pop that we know. But it does really have a, a, a sort of singer-songwriter vibe, like you were Definitely. saying. And, and that, a lot of a Sheryl Crow, a little bit of a... That version is the actual original version of the song. Uh-huh. And that was recorded and done, and everyone was happy with it. And then there's an interview, uh, and when I was researching, I saw it as well. And she said, you know, they flew me flew me back out to Germany to, to recut it. And I recut the whole song, and that's what you hear today. But I love that version with her clearing her voice at the beginning. Yeah. And she's really singing, you know, and that was sort of the, that style of vocal for her at the time. She was really soulful when she first started out, and I think that they they did a lot of pairing and pitting against Christina Aguilera, and like on the on the Mickey Mouse Club, Britney was d- traditionally in a dance track, and Christina was traditionally in a in a singer track. And it's clear what Christina can do with her voice and imitating Whitney Houston and all the greats. But Britney, I think, despite the the fact all the discrediting that everybody tries to do with her. Um, I think she actually does have a lot of soul in her, and I think she actually has a really good voice. I agree. And I think that where she, what she might lack in virtuosity, she makes up for in the ability to emote, you know, um, femininity, mm-hmm. fragility, sometimes desperation. She's got fragility down. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, you <And> know, <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. I was I was watching um, the Star Search recently her star search appearance when she was 10 and she really wails. I mean, she's 10, yeah. but, um, a very rich voice, a very like for a 10 year old, a very deep and solid voice, um, with a lot of frankly growling that sort of is yeah. reminiscent mm-hmm. of like a Christina. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that what's interesting is there was a fearlessness about this 10 year old that you watch on the video. And I think a lot of her, her vocal, um, uh, slip-ups and, and sort of the, the, the reputation she has for not being a great singer, I think a lot of that comes from timidity and fear. Yeah. Because um, I, I think she has it. I think she has it in there, but she's so pressured to be perfect and controlled mm-hmm. and, and, and manufactured that I think that just restricts any kind of real powerful moment. I think we see that the machine behind Britney... I think that there was a clear moment where they said, Britney Spears is never going to be Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be Whitney Houston. How do we make her special and different and unique to people? And the decision was to make her sort of this, you know, teen sex icon. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's worked. And we have seen little glimmers of that voice over the years. Uh, and a little bit today, we still see it. But I, I think it's going to come back again. What's your next track on the list for us, Matthew? Uh, my next track on the list, gosh, uh, would have to be, can we talk about Mona Lisa or is it too early? Let's do Mona Lisa. She's the Weirdest moments. Please, please give yeah. everyone a, a run. So, <laughs> Mona Lisa, the version that we just heard, is not the, it's the final cut of Mona Lisa, but not the original cut that we heard. Britney Spears called up this Q92 radio station somewhere out of the blue and said, I have a demo CD that I want to play for you. Out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. the DJ said, okay, let's do it. So she brought in this CD in the studio within minutes. It was the number one requested song on that radio station. Wow. And if you mm-hmm. find the cut of it, of the demo, it has her intro at the beginning announcing it on air. Yeah. And it's raw. And you can tell that she was playing around in a studio and letting her voice do whatever it is she wanted to yeah. do. And it was a real moment. And it was at a time where I think we were seeing Britney really wanting to take control of what she was doing. It was the early to mid-2000s. Right. This was after In yeah. the Zone and yeah. before Blackout. So this I, was like 04. Do you know what I remember about that moment, too, is that you're right. I obviously didn't listen to that radio station live, but it was the moment of, you know, f- uh, file sharing. Uh-huh. And I remember going on LimeWire and hunting this thing yep. down and getting my little MP3 on LimeWire. I remember a million years ago that when, when we were hanging out in Boston, you had this on your uh-huh. iTunes. And I was like, what the heck is this? And you're like, you haven't heard it yet? It's a new Britney. But I heard that, as I was reading about this researching, I heard that she actually recorded this live with her touring band. And then that's why we get such a live, raw treatment of the original cut. So there's a lot of great recording that was done during Dream Within a Dream for mm-hmm. Britney. She sang a Which couple probably songs. probably is the highlight of her 
career. Definitely. That, that, that show. Oh, I think mm-hmm. it was, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. But she did a song live called Mystic Man that mm-hmm. she sat at, sat at the piano with Joseph Piano behind her singing. Uh, and then there was a, another another one in there I can never remember. But those are sort of just like live cuts that she did that never ended up being recorded. And you know there's this whole theory of this like alternate secret album in between that was never... Yeah, the original really, doll. original doll, of course. Yeah. And Mona Lisa is Britney Spears' alter ego, or at least was at the time her yeah. alter ego. And I love, I mean, we were talking beginning about how much of these ideas are really hers. If we want to really, like, know what an original Britney concept is, the only thing that we know for sure is this Mona Lisa. <laughs> and the video for Do Something. Yes! Oh my gosh, which we also can want we to talk segue? about. Let's... I mean, we can just talk about it, yeah. but, well, Do Something, yeah, was the introduction to, to Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa yeah, mess. Yeah, well, that's, that was like, she didn't want to be referred to as Britney while she was doling out the, the you know, the, the orders for the way she wanted the video to look. She assumed that this sort of alter personality, ego. alter ego. She wanted to be called Mona Lisa. And what I right? love about that video is the way, I think it's right at the very beginning, but um, you see the words Mona Lisa. The video starts with like a metal door slam with the <laughs> words like Mona Lisa yes. on it. And it's, I mean, literally pounding you in the face. <laughs> there are a lot of sort of like Easter eggs in that video too. She's yeah. got the mouse ears in one of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for her Disney pass. Oh, this was her concept. That's Oh, oh yeah. totally. And then, she had to fight for this video to even get made. Yes. And it, I, I, it's a fan favorite. Favorite. I know there was some issues with the Louis Vuitton. My Hummer. gosh, they got sued. Her record company had to fit the bill for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. it all worked out. But there's a couple. If you see, there's some like uh, songs that were supposed to be tracks on an upcoming album that are circling mm. the performance room. Wow, it's I didn't a, know. This. Oh yeah, it's a really weird video. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the time. It was during chaotic. It, it was does during Mona Lisa. It fits that Britney period. Yeah. Well, and she was also co-director with Billy Woodruff. Uh-huh. And P.S. I love that her collaborator was Billy Woodruff because if you know me and you know what I get into he's like Mr. R&B Tony Braxton well, videos. he also did Born to Make You Happy yeah, yeah well, he did like yeah. so many of these videos in, in in this compilation that we're talking about yeah but he is like Mr. Mr. like frosted lens yep. futuristic teals and bold jewel tones you know what I mean like Billy Woodruff go. can I read another quote yeah go. I just love these quotes <laughs> because they're hilarious okay so she's about Mona Lisa uh, just the name the alter ego she says I kind of think she's like my alter ego whenever I feel like being mean or possibly like busting people around to get stuff right it's kind of easier to be called Mona Lisa instead of Britney <laughs> I mean, well, I don't. It's Madonna's was Katsumomo at that time from um, from Memoirs oh of a Gay <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That's a great track. Do something, Brendan. What's your next track? That you oh got? my gosh! Um, throw it down. Throw uh. it down. I. This is totally random, and I don't even know if I have a lot to say about it, but I want to share it anyway. Do I want to talk about phonography. that you brought this up well, though give what us what I your- really love about phonography is this is you know from Circus the sixth studio sixth studio album that's a lot of S's for me it. I can do it <laughs> think 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 <laughs> uh, what I love is it's a real connection to her her you know uh, discography around tech <laughs> I feel like she started off with Email My Heart in 1998 <laughs> and then all these years later <laughs> we're still talking about bleeps and telephones <laughs> pagers and, and, yep yeah. yeah well it's really funny I noted this there's a, there's a song that I have and it in addition to the cover of Rolling Stone with her on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she is really going hard with like the phone sex metaphors, mm-hmm. you know, in this song and sort of a little bit throughout her career. She really wants people to get on those phones and blow it up. So let me give a little, you know, the definition of phonography. <laughs> Webster's defined. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a system of shorthand writing based on sounds. That's what actually phonography means. Oh. Clearly, she was using a, a more explicit interpretation. Like a play on words, like <laughs> pornography. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> you know, I, I, this is a, a great Britney song. It, it's a great cut off, off of Circus or Bonus. Um, but I think the vocal treatment of her is really cool in this song. There's like a lot of vocorder happening, and it really fits the mood. And, and this 
for me, is one of the themes of Britney. We could probably put five or six songs in this vein throughout her career. Completely. And I also think the hook is awesome. And I just, you know, it's always so interesting to me how, you know, albums are, you know, cut together and what actually makes, you know, the final release, especially in the U.S. And, um, you know, we were recently in another episode talking about Pink, and there were some favorites that are on these bonus editions. Yeah. And um, same here. I thought that, you know, Circus, for me anyway, had a lot of album tracks that I felt were sort of floaters or didn't really have an impact. And this, I thought, was gold. I mean, it just, well, yeah. I couldn't, like, take it off, you know, loop in my brain. Isn't and that funny? I, I always talk about how, like, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd, and I usually like the track seven, the track eight, or, like, the last mm-hmm. single from the album cycle, because we've agreed that it's sort of like the point when the artist is free to take a risk. Yep. They, they're they free to explore something different sonically. Sonically, this track is beautiful. At the beginning, it's really beautiful. The intro is it's really different, and she's been lucky to work with these producers that have pushed her to the next level via the sonic uh, soundscapes, the explorations with all of that. And it's interesting that those are the bonus tracks. Those aren't the, uh, the tracks that make the album. They usually choose the sort of definite... Home run hits with with the album tracks, but then it's always these other these B tracks or these these special tracks that we're we're mm. really gravitating toward. That's it's, what I think. It's clear, especially in the later albums in Femme Fatale and in Britney Jean, that those bonus tracks and those sort of cuts that didn't fully make the album, those sound what I think like Britney should sound like in 2016, 15, 14. It's not the the main album cuts that that we hear that on. Can I tell you about my favorite? Bonus track? Well, in a second. Yeah, the one thing I just wanted to say about... <laughs> <laughs> just get, put it on pause. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I wanted to say that I think is just interesting around this circus time, and we can talk about more of this later, but yeah. I, I didn't realize, and maybe you guys knew this, being super fans, that Larry Rudolph has been such... With, with her from, you know, the very, very, very beginning, mm-hmm. and, and, and then has circled back and is, and is still with her. I mean, that's a... That's kind of crazy, and then to think that there she's still under this conservatorship, um, yeah. you know, with her father and this team. It's just, I don't know. It's really, it's really troubling and really interesting. And also, when you just think about choices and what makes what, and who's pulling the strings, so mm-hmm. to speak. Well, um, do you want to take a second to talk about the, you know, for the record, uh, the, you know, the the uh, documentary that that they did with her? Sure. Because I feel yeah. like the MTV doc, that right? Seated, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that was the, the lead up to the album coming out mm-hmm. and it prior to that we we had been experiencing Britney in this sort of Lindsay Lohan media tabloid type of way she had had her kids the, were taken away from her yeah 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 it was a really difficult time and it was clear that they were trying to cook something up where they were going to reintroduce her to the masses as like okay she's a pop star remember she's a pop star and this documentary was very enigmatic in that a lot of answers and a lot of depth was promised but and there's certain <laughs> there results, wasn't much there. There really wasn't much. There, we didn't get a lot of answers. There was a lot of things that were talked about, but it really almost to me it felt it served as sort of like an apology. Like I'm sorry I misbehaved, but I'm back at work now, and like and I've got this new <laughs> album coming out. Remember how we liked each other? Yeah, you know. I, what I do you think, the, Matt? You got to give us for the record was a real moment. I think, and there's a quote in there that Britney says, and she says something that that's like. And this is just what I have to do now for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. Right. I remember that moment, right. and I I felt horrible. Yeah. And I think that she was like, I have my kids, I have my career, I have people that love me, and this is just what I have to do for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. That makes God. me so sad that, it, it, that we can't find a way for her to be able to bridge the gap between, like, okay, you obviously do like to dance and sing and perform, or you did it one time, and now this has become your life or your career. It's too bad that, like, we want so much from her constantly, we demand so much from her and make it so difficult for her, and it's so sad that she feels like there's not a way where we can, where she can turn her job or or her purpose into converting that stuff into material. Well, I think the interesting know? thing, right, is she's a child star. I think about our own, um, you know, Vic, yours and mine, and, and Matt, I don't know enough about your background off the top of my head, but, you know, things that we were pursuing and trying to do as kids and how, as adults, our dreams have shifted and we've had space to do that mm-hmm. and how hard it must be. You know, you think, she gets all the Madonna comparisons all the time, you think about a Madonna who actively chose to pursue this life as an adult, mm-hmm. um, 
Um, and so she has a level of engagement in the in the material, in the work, and the creativity. There's a level of investment and and a renewing of that. You know, Brittany, it's sort of like you get to be 18 years old. You now are an industry where you're supporting hundreds of people. Not, I mean, you're supporting them like you're paying their, their salaries. They're you're families. providing for their families, and so there's a weight of responsibility where you can't just back out. You yeah. can't just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe she just. It, it, maybe it's not what inspires her anymore. And I wish we could, if that's the case, I wish we could, I don't know, somehow gift her the ability to exit stage left. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I've always wanted what's best for her, honestly. And when she shaved her head, I was like, yes, go for a girl. Oh like, gosh. revolt. Like, break down the walls. That's what I want. And the, you know, and the, the, the reality is that she does come out with some really great dance songs that, like, well, when you really let loose. And after Shaving the Head, we got Blackout, which yeah. was one of the most amazing pop albums of that decade, should for we do, sure. Should we do a Blackout track? Yeah. Okay, so my favorite Blackout track is actually a remix of the second single from the album. It's called Piece of Me, and I enjoy the Sly and Robbie remix. I'm the sales of my rich and famous I'm the sick, oh my god, that bird new shameless I'm the sales extra, extra delicious thing so did you guys do you guys love this song or what? I love the song. What do you think, Matt? I, I think it's the most personal we've ever heard Britney Spears and maybe especially dead on. She is fully confronting. There's a lot of as we go through these songs, little pieces and innuendo of her answering questions, but Peace in Me is dead on. You know, she's like, I can still be a good mom, you know, and still have a career. Don't yeah. worry about me. Yeah. When I was researching this track, I I read that they were trying to stray her away from directly addressing a lot of issues. For her whole career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um... And they put this one through, and it actually very, like, deliberately does. Like, you're mm-hmm. slipping on the street and mm-hmm. getting the groceries. You know what I mean? Right. But they actually let it go through. Her songwriting partners, was this also Bloodshy? Um, Bloodshy and Avant, yeah. yeah. And also um, Klaas Aland. They had been on with tour Robin. with her, and they yeah. wanted to write this song. And I think there was, what I had read was there was a general nervousness about around whether or not the label would permit it to, mm-hmm. you know, get on the album. And they greenlit it. But the irony is that it wound up becoming a huge single. It got her video of the year at the VN. MAs, it's sort of like well, you're being honest and you're directly and you're we're telling the truth here and like wouldn't that be like a wake up call like but like at and the it, top of the industry like that it's like they can't deal with that level of candor and Britney was a little uh, scattered during this time <laughs> during blackout as we know um, but I remember the stories behind this this is also the height of Perez Hilton yep. and he was very involved with the Britney breakdown she was eight hours late to this video shoot mm-hmm. she showed up uh, not in costume without her hair ready and done and you can see that the Britney we're seeing in there is a little glazed over a little lethargic but at the end of this video, she does that little dance break in the bathroom with her girls, right? <laughs> Didn't she make that up on the spot? She choreographed it on the spot. Yes, very Talent. good. Right? I love how we give people credit for that. Anyway, and though. the cut is incredible because you can tell that there are about 15 different cuts edited together. Hair up, her hair's hair up, down, hair down, glasses on, glasses off. But she is letting loose. And at that time, <laughs> that's what Britney did. She was in a club, yep. in the bathroom, with her girls going nuts. So I think we saw a real little slice of her. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the real deal. Yeah. Can I talk about the remix a little bit and have a little bit yeah, of a why is, moment? Yeah, why is the reggae Sly mix your... Well, because I, I really like it. My favorite thing about remix is realization, re-realization of these songs, recontextualizing them. I love it when you turn a ballad into a dance song. We can talk about that in a minute. I love it when you take a dance song and turn it into a, a down tempo or a mid tempo. And this one, it kind of breaks it down a little bit. It gives it a little bit of a reggae vibe. And the cool thing about this remix team, Sly and Robbie, they actually created that song, Murder, She Wrote. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. You know that 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 reggae song from I like don't. back in the day. I um, should. Shakademus and Pliers. It's like a staple hip hop trend. Whenever you go to a club in any like mainstream top forty club, they're gonna play that. Doom, 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 doom. Like that's that's. And that. you know that's being sampled now in a pitbull song called right. El, El Taxi. The El Taxi. Right. right. Exactly. They worked with um, they worked with Fuji's uh, on remix to Fuji La back in I think it was ninety six on the score. Mm-hmm. They worked with. Madonna, they did a remix from Supernatural when she worked with Red Hot. Um, they worked on uh, 
uh, Simply Red's Night Nurse from 1998. They worked, uh, they did Hey Baby and Underneath It All with No Doubt. They toured with Sinead O'Connor. So I thought it was a really cool, like, wow, Britney Spears and reggae. Who would have ever thought that that worked? But yeah. I love this track. I love the rhythm of it. I love the bongo element to it. There's there's one other song that has a Britney reggae feel to it on the Britney album as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's towards it's towards the end of it. And of course, I can't think of the of the name of the track. Yeah, I know that track too. Um, but it's sort of that same kind of vibe, and we don't hear that often from her. Um, but when we do, I think it really hits the mark, uh, especially, you know, to, to change different. it up a little bit. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in, in the zone, when she came out with the next album after Britney, she explored a lot more, uh, African song styles. You know, you had, um, when was that? Uh, I've got that boom, boom. Wasn't that oh, kind yeah, of with uh, Yang Twins yeah. and Showdown and yeah. all of those different, mm-hmm. she went in so many different directions. And a lot of my favorite B tracks are also from that. Can I do another one of my, my favorite Yeah, B-tracks? you had a bonus one that I interrupted you yeah, about. Yeah, no, well, well and, and she went with Puff Daddy for, for a bit, and they produced a track together with Ryan Leslie, and it's a, a B-side. It's called The Answer. Here I You just yeah. got clocked. <laughs> I, I remember being like, this, you are going to love this song. It's the shit. Yeah. Produced by Ryan Leslie and Diddy Combs. Um, Ryan Leslie did this song that I used to l- love. It was called Addiction. Um, he did a lot of production for people like Slim from 112, um, Cassie, um, New Edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, a, he was a flavor of the moment R&B producer with a little bit of a minimal, minimalist vibe. And the song is very hot. And I think one of the reasons why it probably didn't make it on the album is because the melody of the first verse that she sings sounds like the first verse of... I'm a slave for you. Mm-hmm. Which is like da 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 yep. da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But then she builds on that in this song, and whereas she goes in a different direction with Slave, and I think that it, they probably would have said, oh, it's the same song. But it's a hot song, and I love Isn't it. Isn't it interesting that we have, you know, once again, we have more, you know, telephone metaphors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So should we talk about Don't Hang Up really quick? Yeah, we can you, blend them all in together. Yeah, you had a reaction to Don't Hang I Up. I did. I mean, it wasn't actually a song I was very familiar with until recently, and um, I think it's amazing. It's been on my Spotify on repeat for the last couple weeks. Um, I, I just, I've fallen in love with it. It's why so do you fun. like it? Tell me why you like it. Oh, why do I like it? Um, I don't know. It reminds me of a 90s throwback R&B, uh, easy mid-tempo, just fun track. It's really atmospheric and really mm-hmm. beautiful, all the synths that they work in and the beeps and things like that. Those beeps in the beginning I love. And yeah. it sounds so weird, but I think we hear beeps a lot in Britney music. Uh-huh. Um, I'm thinking of some other songs, too, like uh, you know yeah, what? Before the Goodbye. It's all in there with those kind of those kind of effects. I think because honestly, I think she ends up being a canvas for a lot of producers to just get to play with and work with. I Mm -hmm. think that that's the reality is that she's, you know, very much a, you know, I hate to say manufactured, that's sort of a cliche, but I think that she does get to be a, a, an, a front and a face, I can't amuse. find my words, amuse, amuse. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good word. Yeah, for producers <laughs> to put their work on. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I really love the way that it's an explicit metaphor that she's using, like she's, she's talking about going through phone sex with somebody, mm-hmm. but it's in a warm and essential and emotional way, and she's saying... I'm not alone. I can still feel you, even when I'm lonely. You know, and, and now I'm coming too. But, <laughs> but, but she sings it in a way that doesn't sound like no, nah, I mean, like like a porn. Yeah. But it's it's beautiful and like reminding you that the female body. There was also another a track, "Touch of My Hand," on the same album that was about mm, yeah. masturbation and sort of like she's becoming comfortable with her body and with her sexuality as a woman. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. It's not something that's sleazy and, and terrible. It's beautiful. And- Right? That I agree, and that you know, "Breathe on Me" is on "In the Zone" as well, which this all comes from, where we hear a little bit more of the real uh, or more raw sexuality of Britney, rather than that playfulness. And we hear more hip hop on this album too, mm-hmm. which really makes sense. But "Don't Hang Up" and and "Touch My Hand" and "Breathe" all of those, there's still somewhat of like a desperation in there, right? She's mm-hmm. saying, "Please don't hang up." Like mm-hmm. this, you know, this is what I want to do. And even "Breathe on Me" and "Touch of My Hand," she's not saying. 
I'm going to do this to you. She's always saying, please give this to me, mm-hmm. right? I want this from you. Sure. And well, yeah, I think it's so interesting. One of the themes of, of Brittany is she's sort of always a little bit of the victim. She's always sort of the one that's getting, you know, having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Or the, the object of the action or the affection yeah. or the, yeah, or, you know, yeah, but even the aggressor. Right. She's but, not the aggressor. No. I think that's why Toxic was so awesome. Is yeah. Because she was a superhero all of a sudden. Well, you yeah. Well, I, I think she was in the video, in but the, the video. song the is video. You're Toxic, yeah, I'm right, Slipping yeah. Under. Right, right. It's the same, <laughs> it's the same like, thing. You're right. Yeah, you're right. No, she's, got me. Yeah, she's always... So it's, it's funny. All of her music is... You know, not about her being a, a strong, independent woman. That is mm-hmm. not what Britney's music is saying at mm-hmm. all. And um, and we wonder why someone with that, you know, who's who's been forced to sort of take on that image, then you know, ends up, you know, it become it manifests itself in right her life. and lashing out and like breaking breaking yeah. it down. So, what's your? I want to know what like, what's your next be all end all track that you want to bring? Oh my gosh, be all end all feels like a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would love to talk about um, since. We were just talking about her sort of exploring her femininity. This is not a be-all end-all, but I'd love to talk about this transition moment of I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. this ballad. I love this ballad. I feel like it's one of the few ballads that she's put out that is not overproduced. It has a very clean production on it where I think you get to hear her voice and you get to sort of have a little bit of insight into where she's at. And, um, you know, even though obviously she didn't really write the whole thing, I think it's very relatable and universal. And it happened to come out at a, you know, a point in life where I feel like I felt like not quite a girl or a woman. (laughs) (laughs) This was my senior quote in my senior year. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love you. And it was, I've seen so much more than you know now, so don't tell me to shut my eyes. Oh, yeah. And I think anyone who's coming of age knows that feeling of, you can't shy me away from this anymore. Mm-hmm. I've already seen it, so stop telling me what to be. Yeah. You know, there are so many little bits and moments of this song. Um, it, it came out as part of Crossroads, uh, yeah. which is where we really saw it. And there's a scene in Crossroads where they're at the piano playing, oh my gosh. playing the melody. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what the Matt, tr- wait, before you say it, there's just nothing more that I love in the world than films that were someone's pretending to learn a song. It's my favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite So, thing. this is going to blow your mind, and this is the perfect segue to it. What what folklore and, and trivia says is that is the first time Britney ever heard the melody No, to, I'm not a girl. Wow, no right? way. And that she had heard the lyrics, she had written them with Dido, who wrote the lyrics to yeah. this song, yeah. um, but she had not heard the melody. They had sent the lyrics away to get it. So the da-da-da-da, like that's her actually going through the whole thing. And, and the little bits you, of lyrics. Are in you there. real? I don't know. <laughs> are you real? <laughs> I don't know. You never know. With like what you were. It's funny what you were saying. Like they sent it off, and it, it is very much like a factory. Well, you know, it's Max like, Martin. You cook right. it it's up. Another right? Max yeah, Martin. It's another track. Max Martin. Yeah. No, Dido was in there for the for the lyrics, and mm-hmm. and Britney put her stamp on it. Mm-hmm. I think she went away to go record a movie, mm-hmm. and someone on set was like, "Hey, B, we we got a track in here. Hey, you know? <laughs> Let's shoot the piano lesson <laughs> track." Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, that would help explain why. I, um, it, it feels authentic, it does, <laughs> and it's not dubbed over in it. That is, that it's real vocal. It's not studio that she's lip syncing to in that scene in the movie. Yeah. And there's parts where she's like, "Ooh, it's a little low." <laughs> like and you can tell she goes low, which she does have this great richness in her lower register. It's incredible mm-hmm. when she uses it. But I, I believe that that lore and that story that that's that that's the first time she heard the melody. Yeah. Too. Well, can we talk oh, about the video pretty. too? Well, yeah, I was just gonna say I, the video was really well. There's a couple versions of the video, but um, but the but the because they had clips of Crossroads mm-hmm. in some of the videos. But um, the actual video itself, all shot on location. And, Wayne Isham um, is the director. Yes. And Arizona. it was in Arizona, Antelope Canyon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was obsessed with the visuals for that video. That canyon mm-hmm. was just gorgeous. And I actually, I've loved being able to travel out west. And um, it's a real 
it's a real sanctuary for me. I, I relate. <laughs> Do we know if we did, if they did it with a crane or a helicopter? Those it's shots. Helicopter. It was a helicopter. There's a making the video. For oh really? It. Yeah. And I know they wanted to hook her up. On and there, she didn't do and it. She didn't do it. Yeah. And I think there's a moment where her legs are dangling over the edge. Yeah. Truthfully, it's not one of my favorite Britney videos. I I felt an emotional connection to the song, but I always felt like the video was a little too literal for it. And I actually didn't like that it was part of Crossroads. I think the song had enough chops to stand up on its but own. But it wasn't actually part of Crossroads because they didn't release a soundtrack for Crossroads and well not officially there is there is a right. Crossroads soundtrack mm-hmm. okay. which I own it has, like, <laughs> it has like six songs on it okay but it's not like it wasn't really like it wasn't like the bodyguard you're absolutely you know right. what I mean um, and, the, and the original video doesn't have any Crossroads references right. at all she's right. just out in the desert well the widely considered one of Britney Spears best vocals of all time is her performance of this song at the American Music Awards um, which is 2002 uh, would make sense yeah. of this um, and she had a kind of like a nude dress on with those long remember those sleeves those big yeah. bell sleeves mm-hmm. and she had sort of this like almost wavy pinned back hair during it and she had a live vocal through through the whole performance she looked incredible sounded incredible and there's a breakdown in the middle of the I'm not a girl don't tell me mm-hmm. what the right. bridge and she sits at stands at this piano with these two backup singers who are wailing <laughs> I mean these girls are killing it and Britney holds her own in the middle of that and it was such a moment and I can remember watching with my mother and my mom was like huh She's actually trying. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it makes me... A for effort. A for effort. It, 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 it gives me a sense of, like, a possibility of what we might be able to see if she was able to have that kind of confidence back again that she had when she was or, on Star or Search. Or passion. Passion, right, yeah, to be able to, to get back out there and wail again. But Can we just also give a random shout-out that many people know this, but many people don't, that um, the writer of Crossroads was Shonda Rhimes, yes. who, is, of course, has now blown up to all Huge. kinds of success. Great. But I just love that we've got, you know, Zoe Saldana, <laughs> and, um, you know, we've got all of Taryn these, Manning. Taryn Manning. It was really Pam, um, too, that movie was. It and was I didn't Pam think it was right? that bad. I didn't and think it was that bad either. I, think I love the opening we... scene in the bedroom, and she's doing Open Your Heart, I think. So good. There's a great um, mashup of her and Madonna. Uh, should we go that. there? Should we talk about her and Madonna and their relationship and the track? And I we think we should there? do it. All right. To. Well, let's l- lead into this next track. It's their collaboration together. Brady and Madonna, this is Me Against the Music. We're almost there. I'm feeling it bad and I can't explain. My soul is bare. My hips are moving out of rapid pace. Can you feel it burn? In the tip of my toes running through my veins. And now it's your turn. Let me see what you got. Don't hesitate. Did you like the song? Whose whose song was this? It was definitely was it yours, Matthew? Oh, I put it on my list. You put it on your list. I did um, mostly because I really, I actually really love the song. It gets a lot of um, knocks for not really being. Um, danceable and not being fun oh. <laughs> not being danceable not being fun well it does mm. um, I mean it gets it gets critiqued for that but I actually I really like the track I remember she um, I think she previewed it at, at an NFL event yeah it was an um, NFL kickoff and, event. and Madonna was not a part of the track at that point in time and I mm. thought it was fun then mm. it was sort of that moment where her career was really building and every new you know big single was a was huge getting a blast. deal yeah. yeah and I really loved it but then I I kind of was just fascinated by um, the collaboration with Madonna and that was a point in my life where you know the the meta exam of sort of what's happening in the music industry and imagining what kind of relationships and conversations are going on. And that was really fascinating. I think the biggest disappointment for me about this song was I always wanted the the, the visual and the, and the um, interpretation of how the how the songs would translate either into video or on stage to, to take the, the meaning one level up. Like the way Madonna would plus something, I was hoping that this would get plus in a way where it would take it somewhere else. And certainly, maybe this is actually literal and not even taking it up further, but I thought it would be so fascinating for this to like show Britney's sort of struggle with the industry, which we sort of got in peace of me all those years later. Mm-hmm. I thought like this could have been such a cool moment to talk about instead of it being about, you know, the dance floor and a relationship to actually have it be more about her struggles with like the business. Yeah. Um, that didn't happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> me Against the Music is actually one of my favorite Britney songs. Is it? When we saw it previewed at that NFL event, it was a hot mess. The, yeah. It was like seven minutes 
performance of a medley where yeah. she did Slave in there as well, and then there was a Light That Ass on Fire remix of Slave, which uh-huh. was which was really good in there. It could have been Baby, I can't really remember at the end. But the Me Against the Music that we heard then, Penelope Magnet was on the track. Mm-hmm. Who produced... Um, yeah, Penelope like Magnet produced? was one of them. Christopher Tricky Stewart. Tricky, right. Yeah. Tricky Stewart did it. Gary O'Brien. So the original version is out there of the song. I have it in my personal library. Yeah. Uh, and it's a different <laughs> feel. It's sort of a little funkier. Yeah. It's not as a, it's not a dance track. No. And this actually, this really wasn't a big hit for Britney. I think maybe it hit top 10, mm-hmm. uh, if that. It was moderate. Moderate. So I think after the NFL performance, they were like, we we have to do something to make this the track. Yeah. Was that, so it wasn't always baked into the release for this song, or was it always, and it would just, they weren't able to get Madonna for that performance? I, I believe That's that the, the song was meant to be saved. Yeah. Or to be uh, improved upon uh-huh. by putting Madonna in there. Madonna was a huge influence of Britney. Um, you know, In the Zone was, I think, more of a personal album for Britney as uh-huh. well. And and that's where it, where it came from. <laughs> well, when this is what... I'm, I'm, I got a tidbit from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share this. Um, but apparently... Uh, the the producers you know presented Spears with this song um, called Pop Culture Horror. Do you know about this? No, okay. no, no. Vaguely so, familiar. Okay, so apparently Tricky and and Penelope and whomever the collective was there produced this song called Pop Culture Horror, and um, her management liked the track. Britney told them the song sucked. Um, <laughs> so after uh, getting to um, get into her world a little bit and like follow her, uh, they ended up working on this Me Against the Music track. That's sort of the note I have. And then when she was um, working with Madonna uh, for the, the MTV Kiss, yeah, the VMA, VMA kiss scenario. Moment. Yeah, um, she played Madonna the track and 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 asked if she'd consider you know being part of it. And that's when Madonna jumped on. Yeah, and originally I think apparently the thing says that Madonna liked it and that Britney asked her to get involved, but was expecting like you know a little fun on the chorus mm-hmm. or a little whatever. Didn't know that Madonna was going to actually take the track and go do a. a a production treatment on it, uh, <laughs> which right. is not surprising, I think, to anyone who's a Madonna fan. <laughs> so I think the, the you know the the lore is that Britney was very uh, well. I think Madonna very very intently tried to drive a metaphor or like, oh I, yeah. you know, I want to see you bear your soul. Right. Oh yeah, you know, like she really tried to put her. I'm like, a teacher. I'm going to drag you into artistry, mm-hmm. kicking and screaming. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think the downfall for this track was that there were so many producers, there were so many writers, so many people on it. There were so many choruses and B-sections and, mm-hmm. and bridges. You you walk down the street and tell somebody, sing the chorus of Me Against the Music right now by Britney Spears. And Madonna, and they would be like, uh, what? And then where do you start? Yeah. Where do right. you start? I don't you know? even think that... I, I think the pre-chorus is more of the hook than the actual chorus. Oh song, yeah, where she does the. They just really want about us. Yeah, it's that, that quick pattern. Yeah. And, and when they get in the zone, <laughs> right? And and that is the real sort of like earworm in, in that song. It and, is the earworm, and, and I think we're hearing that if we can bring it to the modern day, we're hearing that with Megan Trainer's "No" right now. Mm-hmm. That the chorus actually isn't really the chorus of that song. The chorus isn't the chorus yeah. anymore. It's the pre-chorus, and mm-hmm. and it's sort of this pseudo bridge outro. That, mm-hmm. that and you know doing. what else it also was, and I didn't mentioned this at the top was that the other big reason that this video did work um, was the the choreography was on point. Mm-hmm. I felt like every at least every dancer I know knew like that second verse started with her doing a prep and a quick pencil turn and land. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! There's a lyric right when the second verse starts and like the music pulls out. She does this turn yep. and then the beat picks back in and it's awesome. If you want to talk about performances, the best performance of this she did it at the uh, ABC special. Uh, which was a very big... It was at Gotham Hall. Yeah, that was so weird. Mm -hmm. The best performance of this was on SNL. Mm. Um, The performance that I watched probably a hundred plus times to learn the choreography to this song. Yeah. And I probably had it at about 80%. <laughs> it is a wide shot the entire time on her and these dancers in a V formation. Uh-huh. She is choreographed beginning to end. Uh-huh. There is no downtime to the whole thing. And it is hit, 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 hit. Mm-hmm. She never lets up on it. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, Britney won against the music. <laughs> yes! I mean, Britney got <laughs> Britney what won. She, she got over. Absolutely. Work. And it was just such a moment for me uh, to see her to see her do that. And the remix, the Rishi Rich remix, is on the album of this. It's one of my uh, favorite Britney mixes. Cool. I don't like a lot of Britney remixes, but mm-hmm. I love remixes in general. Mm-hmm. Which, I feel the same way, which is interesting. See, and I love them. I love I like the Kanye West version. 
version of this. The Kanye West with is the interesting. Violins and the piano. There's a a, mega, a maxi single of, uh-huh. of this that has about eight remixes on it that are great. Um, but uh, one of the remixes that I do like of Britney, if we can switch and switch yeah, a yeah, gear, no. um, is the Hex Hector remix of "Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know." Go, go. Tell us all about it. There's a bunch of different cuts of the Hex Hector remix. I think I have them all. And there's there's some parts where they just take her voice to a different level in this song. Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know was written by Mutt Lang, who was married to Shania Twain at yeah, the time. Yeah. Which sort of is why I think it has a little bit of a storytelling country vibe to it. It feels very country. It does. And and it almost goes back to this whole singer-songwriter idea that, we, that Britney wanted to have in her career in the beginning. Mm-hmm. but never got off foot. You know, this song was performed many times. She did it on the Femme Fatale tour, which brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's a strong showing for her, and the remix is fire. Yeah. The remix for me really transforms this track. I would say as a ballad with her vocal, I, I, it doesn't work for me. I think if we, with a different vocal, it, it could be great. Um, I, didn't she do this in the Dream Within a Dream tour? She did. Flying from the Ceiling? Um, that or was, hang no, she no. did that on the Oops, I Did It Again tour oh. on a magic carpet, oh. and she flew from the ceiling. Okay, never mind then. Okay. Well, let's talk about Don't Let Me Be the Last Note. Yes, Hex sorry. Hex Hector <laughs> was the flavor of the moment yeah. at that time. For sure. I mean, his Waiting for Tonight remix by Jennifer Lopez was, was Legendary. a smash, but he'd been working yeah. with everybody. Deborah Cox, he did the Heartbreak Hotel mm. remix with Whitney Houston, he did I Learned from the Best, he did um, and Everything for Anastasia, Madonna, Tamia, he did Stranger in My House. Do you remember Stranger? my house. How could I forget I mean, it? he was the flavor of the moment. He was relatively young at that time. I think he's only like 45 right now. Um, but yeah, his his stuff is really dark and brooding. Um, a little bit minimalist, but at the same time, a lot, you know, buzzes and drones. And his treatments were very long. But mm-hmm. if you could get your hands on a really good radio remix, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like a radio edit, yep. you were all set. Yep. I mean, Hex Hector was the bomb. And I think is the most successful version of this song. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It's one of those that gives the song a new life. It really takes it from a, almost a sleepy ballad mm-hmm. um, to to really a, a banger that I think personifies Britney more than the album version. Yeah, for sure. We touched on a ballad that was another ballad that was turned into a, a radio remix. And can I just kick one of these to you guys? Yeah. yeah we, we spoke about it a little bit every time. That I like the uh, the Valentin remix. <laughs> You know, this was really her, you know, response to a lot of the things that were going on in her life. Yeah, well, the funny thing as I was reading and researching this is that she actually had a single kick to her by Kathy Dennis, who had written Toxic with for her, worked on a lot of Kylie Minogue stuff. It was called Sweet Dreams, My LAX. Yep. And she decided that she wasn't going to use it. She didn't decide that. They well, wouldn't let her. They wouldn't let her use it. Okay, there you go. You they know, wouldn't let her. Rachel Stevens from S Club went on to release that was her Sweet debut. Dreams, My LAX, and it was a huge hit for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead, she th- they did Every Time, which was a little bit more of like an apology. It was a little bit more demure. And then the video, so the video is amazing. It's a slow motion depiction of her and Stephen Dorff as her boyfriend. Hollywood romance being chased by the paparazzi in slow motion. They're screaming at each other while people are pushing and taking cameras. And they're trying to go through a difficult part of their relationship while the world is watching. And it's all in slow motion, and you just hear the twinkle of the piano. I'm getting chills right now. Mm-hmm. And Britney's singing about how she's sorry that this all happened. And then at the end, there's a huge controversy because at the end, allegedly she takes some pills in the bathtub and 
has initially is supposed to have right a, a, a scenario where she she I'm passes sorry. away. Great okay. verb, great <laughs> verb choice. Um, yeah, right. I'm sorry I'm for sorry. our gentle <laughs> listeners. Well, and very much the reason why it didn't happen is because of the way they were worried about how it was going to be perceived by her audience, which is a lot of young people. They didn't want it to be read as a suicide. But so. that's, I think, what she wanted. Not yeah. that she wanted to commit suicide. I think she wanted to artistically... Artistically, this is where she was at. That's where she was at. And it really is. This song is so sad to me. Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, just subject matter-wise, what it's speaking to, but also it's really the beginning of of the, of the of us seeing the mess that was going on in her head. And yeah. if I can read a quote from her that I found, she called into TRL in 2004, and she said, the video's more like a movie. It's different than anything I've done. It's dark, and it shows me in a different light. I wanted to be inspired and challenged. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing her really embrace a character, but really pulling from the personal experiences of it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And after the, that bathtub moment, there's sort of this, like, ethereal moment a, a baby's being born in a hospital mm-hmm. she's walking down a long white hallway and there's actually an alternate version of the video on the greatest hits DVD it's just the long white hallway it's just the long white hallway and talk about like this floating kind of moment of like Britney Spears the entity more than Britney Spears the performer and this song was actually a big hit for yeah, her it, it was, was a, a big hit and it was surprising because it was a summer single and ballads are never hits for summer singles mm-hmm. and I think it shows that when when something is true and Honest. personal yes. and you get out there and you kill it on SNL with a performance of it mm-hmm. that it really translates and it's very authentic and, and listeners love it. And see, on the flip side of that, I love the dance remix of this. This remix, if you're familiar with it, it like it's blaring and bursting and a little bit almost happy hardcore, but it's like a, it's an emotional roller coaster. Well, that's what's so cool about it is you have that contrast going on, mm-hmm. which I think makes it really successful. Yeah, it's sort of like you're dancing through tears, you're dancing through a, a chaotic emotional point in your life and yeah chaotic. I love that chaotic. hashtag chaotic hashtag chaotic, chaotic. Um, <laughs> so that was my I, I'm glad that we got a chance to touch on that track do we have one final one Matt I feel like you should get, you should have the chance to close us out uh, I'd like to bring it to current Britney if we could mm-hmm. uh, and I want to talk about work bitch of that part where the work just repeats and her and the arm yeah the, yeah, the arm goes like, up and down clock. like a clock yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and, they, and the pelvis goes with it this pelvis. quickly became a signature song for Britney it's up there with Baby One More Time and Toxic mm-hmm. and I think as a fan it's what we had wanted to see from Britney for a long time and she's saying basically you want to be hot you want to look like the shit like I do well here's all the stuff that you have to do and whether or not that's authentic or not I don't give a crap about well, it's definitely not <laughs> I don't care it is that is the character that everyone that is who people want to see Britney Spears being and I think she really hit it in this video mm-hmm. It, don't you have to chuckle a little bit? I agree with you completely about her and the and the chorus. I think is great. I, I, some of the lyrics in this song are really questionable, ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. The rhymes mm-hmm. that are they try and make things go together. You, you know, Bugatti. well, this is another yeah. situation of like you want to party in France. It doesn't make answers. any sense. Doesn't a lot, to. a lot of people uh, like. And then it reminds me of the track. Sex and the City sequel when they all go to um, Dubai. Dubai. It reminds me of that where it's so garish and that she's in the desert with ridiculous luxury, you know, mm-hmm. cars mm-hmm. and fabrics and it, the whole thing. It's it's a lot to handle, but I do love um, all the things you just said about it. And mm-hmm. she's credited as a writer on this track. Um, and I had heard an interview because Will I Am was had a very big hand in Britney Jean and a mm-hmm. very big hand in this song as well as a producer and a writer. Um, and he did a lot of interviews on her behalf uh-huh. uh, during this this era, which Yikes. I don't think is a great <laughs> idea. But he said Britney actually was the one who wrote all those sort of rhyming moments. Like, uh-huh. go call the police, go call the governor. Mm-hmm. That everyone loves. That was all Britney, the British accent, which she's done many times. That's all her. It's so Whenever weird. she throws yeah. in her little personal things, it's always so funny. It's always so... Do you know that her grandmother was born in London? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, so there might be something authentic about that weird nod to... Uh, to British. To, to the Brits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brit, the Brit, the Brit, yeah. the Brit. Oh my God, the Brit. 
I was wondering, it. right? <laughs> I was wondering if any Britney Spears like post two thousand five begins without a nod to a fragrance that she's got on the market. Oh my god! Because gosh. I feel like in every video she's she's starting off by putting on perfume. It's I saw curious, a stat or it's that fantasy. she she her um her uh, fragrance brands uh-huh. represent thirty four percent of celebrity fragrance revenue. Really? Yes. Wow, that is so crazy. Isn't that, Isn't that nuts? crazy? Because it's not even a blip on my radar. What? Yeah. I don't think You've about never worn it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them all. Really? I bought, oh, I bought oh my them all. God, that's so fierce. It was the, I think for me, the visuals that always went along with the fragrances too, they were almost like mini music videos mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, Fantasy is now probably her biggest scent, which was the second one, but it has so many riffs off of it. Mm-hmm. Circus Fantasy, the Night and Day Fantasy. She's got a new one, a uh, Hawaiian Fantasy that's out with it. But the video, the original video of that, she didn't even appear in. It's all cuts from Onyx yes. Hotel. Uh, B-roll that they yeah. shot during it and it's all like sort of uh, edited together with the Curious commercial but I mean this is a huge industry for her. Huge. Yeah. And really I think it's I think Work Bitch is a perfect way to close out the show because that's really the that's the phase she's in. Mm-hmm. She's got people sort of running the show. She's going to work. She's in <laughs> Vegas right? She's in Punching Vegas. It in. Punch, clocking in. Clocking out. I would go see it. I want to go see totally. it. Have you right. seen it? I have not. Are you going to uh, go? Uh, you, we I go. almost don't want to see. Ah, I no, almost really? don't want to see. It. <laughs> no, I think it's actually gotten better. I think it that has. yeah, I heard that it's remixed. I think that, now. Yeah, well, that they've reinvented. It's reinvented, re-invented. and I think that she's in a groove. I mean, that's why I think Work Bitch really is the appropriate yep. um, sort of. Uh, the right title to close us yeah. out. Yeah, because she's in a groove. There's sort of some regularity and stability. Mm-hmm. I, it, we're not going to get blown away. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, she's but not... But you don't go for that. You go no. for the party and to hear right. your You go for the nostalgia. And, yeah, and the nostalgia, sweetie. I really think that the video, just two more things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The video is really what brought Britney to icon status, I think. It shows fans that have been fans for a long time that she's here and she solidified her spot. And any younger fans, I think they don't see her as a another pop star performing. I think they see her a little bit more of icon status because in the video it really looks like she's running it. Now, the most iconic part of the video is during the bridge where she's in the middle of this pool with mm-hmm. this flowing pink gown on and there's sharks. Yeah. Swimming yeah. all around I thought around that was her. so cool. And, and the, the, the camera is, goes with the sharks. Hold your head high, yeah. fingers to the sky. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. kind of... For me, that's a moment for her to be like, I am still going to be here no matter what sharks are swimming around me, no matter who's pulling me here, pulling me there, I'm going to hold my head up high and, and you know, I'm not going to deny it. This is what I'm doing. And I think it's a strong moment for her. Holla, holla. I know we're pushing the clock, but it really reminds me also in the current moment, though, a complimentary, um, in a complimentary way, the, the Hold It Against Me video mm-hmm. that was her first time working with Jonas Ackerland. But being in that huge dress, surrounded by all of her videos and her life just surrounding her, it was a gorgeous interpretation of um, sort of a similar moment of the yep. pool with the sharks, I yep. feel like. And she kind of sprays it all away and yep. it falls. Yeah. Fights with herself. Yeah. And then you see her come back to that choreography. Yeah. And I think while Britney never directs things head on and says, here's a response to it, those are the moments we see that we think she knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. They, they speak to the fans, that's for sure. Well, and thank God she's got the team of people that she has that are able to help her get all these images and these uh, declarations mm-hmm. out there for us to be able to see. You know what she's, I mean? She's, she's, a, she's an American pop icon. No Holla. question about it. Amen. Matt, thank you so much for coming on our show. Yeah, for having me. Give us a little, let us know where we can learn more about you, where we can follow you. So I am all over the internet, probably in more places that I even want to know. But <laughs> you can follow me at Says on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook. And there's a, a lot of great content on there. Food, travel, television style, and the occasional Britney reference, too. Holla. Well, we can't wait to have you back. It's been so awesome having you. Thank you. We hope you've had a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been back on track. All right. Bye, Vic. See ya. Work, work. If you like our show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are hot. And if you really like our show, we'd love a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter at Back on Track Show, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and all of your favorite ways of time. <laughs> we love to hear from you. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and check out all of our Makes a playlists. And if you're outraged that your favorite track didn't make the list, visit us at www.backontrackshow.com and let us have it. You know, we'll tell you what we think, honey. All right. We're done. Peace.